I'm Dr. Holly Batchelder. In today's episode, I'm going to dive into the world of relationship obsessive compulsive disorder or relationship focused OCD, also known as ROCD. Going to do a very brief overview of what it is and how it differs from general OCD and the treatments available. So the reason why I decided to record this today, I recorded a little bit earlier with Jessica De Silva podcasts on relationship anxiety and relationship OCD. Check out her page and her Instagram. Such a great resource. We had a really great conversation about anxiety, how to tell the difference between relationship anxiety, what's really normal and what's considered more clinical diagnostically ROCD. And it made me think about the importance of getting the correct care and diagnosis We live in a day and age where it's so easy to over-pathologize ourselves. A lot of us are diagnosing ourselves with ADHD and being on on the spectrum. ROCD is also part of that too. When there is a lot of really just normal anxiety that we have about our relationships, one, a lot of people put a lot of value in their relationships. I think our generation and younger generations have been doing so. We expect a lot of fulfillment out of our relationships. And for those of us who value our romantic relationships a lot, there's a lot of pressure too, and maybe a lot of responsibility about picking the right partner, staying in the right relationship, doubts, unsure if your partner is meeting your needs, trying to know the difference between wants and needs, your deal breakers. There's a lot of information out there a bit of information overload too. There's a lot of great resources, but I have also seen in my clients who've struggled with pretty severe relationship anxiety, those resources end up being either a compulsion or a tool that actually maintains your anxiety. So let's kind of cut through some of it and be very clear about what relationship OCD is. So first and foremost, the question is, what is OCD? So in the DSM-5, OCD is a mental health condition, which is characterized by two important things, obsessions and compulsions. Obsessions are intrusive, unwanted thoughts or images. And then there's repetitive behaviors or mental acts that are really performed to alleviate anxiety. Those are compulsions. We do more of those than we think. And a bunch of these are actually common and normal in our everyday life. It's quite common to have intrusive thoughts. I really appreciate one of my cognitive behavioral professors back in grad school who said that when he took his newborn baby home, um, his first thoughts was he was walking up the stairs and he imagined, oh no, what would happen if I just threw my baby? And it's the most outlandish, scary, and vivid thought you could have. And yet it's pretty normal to have intrusive thoughts. The key is to not attach meaning. For any of us who have OCD, those thoughts become very meaningful. We call them sticky thoughts. And while maybe the rest of us can just see that, no big deal. It's a thought that comes and goes. If we have anxiety, if we have OCD, that thought then becomes a threat. And the threat system in our brain, which is the prefrontal cortex, which will do some of that, the amygdala, All of those parts in our brain will tell us this is a threat. We need to fix this. It relays the other parts of our brain to do something about it. And that's usually where we see compulsions. So this is a cycle, like a very vicious cycle. We have a trigger. 
Maybe that's an intrusive thought. We have anxiety from it. We try to reduce that anxiety, only natural, right? To reduce our anxiety that relieves the anxiety. And then that becomes a cycle. Now we have to keep engaging this compulsion, whether that's checking the door, whether that's asking for reassurance from your partner, whatever it might be, we really want to watch out for this very vicious cycle because OCD loves to thrive off your anxiety, your doubts, and then your behaviors. So just talking about relationship OCD specifically, our OCD in particular is a subtype of OCD and it's relatively newer in the research. There's not a lot of information or research even out there. And yet it's becoming a more popular subtype of OCD and there's many different themes of OCD. This is one I do see more often, mostly because I specialize in it. Um, but like contamination focused OCD, the fear here is a little bit different, right? So the obsessive thoughts and the compulsive behaviors really look like seeking lots of reassurance, overanalyzing every interaction, comparing your relationship to others' relationships, comparing your partner to other people. Uh, fear that because you're comparing your partner to someone else, there's something wrong with you, or you're choosing the wrong person, or you're the wrong person. So I like to understand ROCD as two different types. There's self-focused, partner-focused, and, and relationship OCD not only causes significant distress, but it really impacts individuals' ability to maintain healthy relationships. So usually I'll see folks who've had relationship for a long time and they've maintained it okay. They've been able to keep relationships. They've been able to have healthy relationships. Um, but I'll usually see folks who their OCD or their relationship OCD has become so pervasive that they have not been able to keep fulfilling relationships. And that's where it can cause a significant amount of distress. And it's really hard to live with that. It's very time consuming. Another aspect of OCD in general is how time consuming are the obsessions and compulsions, right? Um, in the DSM-5, it's more than an hour that we look for, but most of the time I see folks where it's, it can be days on days of being really consumed and exhausted by these obsessions and these compulsions. So briefly on treatment, the good news is relationship OCD is effectively treated by exposure and response prevention. That's ERP. This is a type of cognitive behavioral therapy, and this involves gradually exposing yourself to fears without engaging in the compulsive behaviors. So again, if we're understanding OCD as this cycle, we're going to break the cycle. Instead of alleviating the anxiety with a compulsion, we're actually going to lean into the uncertainty or tolerate the uncertainty. And we're going to break that cycle. An analogy I use with children, but it works really well with adults is thinking about OCD as a monster or even a bully, right? If you had that bully from, from grade school who would tell you all these mean things, if you talk back to the bully, you say, that's not true. I'm going to be happy or that's not true. I'm not going to end up alone or, hey, I am, I'm not self-sabotaging my relationships. There's nothing wrong with me. The bully likes that, right? They feed off of that energy, that resistance. The monster loves the reaction. We want to say, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I am with the wrong person. Maybe I am with the right person right now. Maybe there's no way to actually predict the future or who the one is or who my soulmate is or whatever it might be that, that you're struggling with. 
that kind of starves the OCD monster a little bit, right? Or that kind of tells a bully, oh, this person is not willing to match my energy. They're confident in their un- the uncertainty. That's really important. And I'll refer to that very often with my clients. Overall, there's a lot of other important tools. I'll see folks who have worked with a psychiatrist and I'll work closely with the medical provider um, in prescribing medications such as SSRI. Sertraline is probably the most common. Seeing an SSRI as a tool to get you to a level where you can actually do the exposures. I think it's really important for people to realize that ERP is can be time-consuming and very anxiety-provoking. And here's the thing. It's not going to be effective unless you have anxiety. Otherwise, you're just doing the same old thing, right? We need to have the anxiety, tolerate that discomfort to starve the OCD monster. Overall, OCD is very challenging, right, to have and to live with. But when we can understand it, when we can be aware of it, we can address it, we can have more more awareness to how we're functioning, what our fears are. So if you're struggling with this, if you know someone who is struggling with this, it's really important to talk with a trusted professional about this. It's also really important to talk with a therapist who has experience in OCD. Sometimes we might work with a therapist who does talk therapy, a supportive therapy, and the OCD actually continues for much longer than it should. Mostly because we might not realize that there's reassurance going on in therapy sessions. We want to break that cycle of reassurance seeking. This is a very quick overview of ROCD. If you would like to hear more, I'm one of the guests on Let's Talk Attachments podcast. Let me know what you think about it. It was a really great conversation with with Jessica there. If you have more questions about this, feel free to, to reach me at holly.phd on Instagram. Hello at hollyphd.com is my email. Um, I'll be putting out some more resources for ROCD in the future since that's become a much more popular topic lately. So there's that, a very quick overview of ROCD. Thank you all for your support and your questions. We do this podcast for you, for the people. And this was a question that I got specifically from a listener. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Feel free to message us more. And thanks again for your support, for following, for listening, for rating our podcast. All of it makes a big difference for a very small podcast like ours. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Be kind to yourselves. Bye-bye.